Amen. And all God's people said, amen. If you have your Bible, we're going to go to Micah. And Micah is in the Old Testament, but don't worry. I've got the scripture in your bulletin. You can just follow along. We're going to look at one scripture uh, today as we continue our, our, our series on heroes. And our hero for the day is Micah. Can you say that word with me? Micah. Micah's in the Old Testament, and we're going to look at one verse of Scripture today as we look at another hero in God's Word. The Scripture we're going to look at today, and by the way, thank you for being here today. It's nice to have all of you in the audience today. Nice to have those watching online. We are delighted to have you, and as well, my oldest son Austin is with us today, and it's good to have him. On the front row. So Micah 6, chapter 6, verse 8 is a scripture we're going to look at today. And it's a beautiful scripture that reminds us of, of God's goodness and his kindness. And this is what it says in Micah chapter 6, verse 8. He has shown you, Pine Castle, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. Micah was a, was a prophet. He's one of those guys that would, that would go to the city and he would speak. And you just knew that God was speaking through him. The Bible doesn't say his stature, how big he was, how much he weighed, but I, I kind of get the feeling that when prophets spoke, they, they had your attention. And you knew they weren't messing around. They were speaking from God. And here's Micah, stands up and begins to speak and begins to declare the words of the Lord. And he says to us in Micah chapter 6, verse 8, he says, God has shown you what to do. And it's pretty simple, church. He says, all he wants you to do, and this is a requirement, he wants you to act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. I like that. It's kind of like a Baptist sermon. Three points, simple, clear-cut, you can fully understand it, and I relate to what Micah was saying to the children of Israel in that day. He was a prophet that spoke God's word, and he said, I want you to act justly, I want you to love mercy, and I want you to walk humbly. I can accept that and deal with that. It, it's interesting. When, when Micah stood up and said this, this was kind of what was going on in the children of Israel. Number one, there was a lot of injustice toward the poor. People were, were, were mistreating the lowly and those that were underprivileged and those that were struggling with life. So there was a lot of injustice going on in the, in the children of Israel. Number two, there was unjust business dealings that were going on. People were cheating one another. They were scamming one another for money. Number three, there was a mistreatment of children and women. 
And when I read this this past week, I had to stop and laugh because one of the conditions that was going on when Micah stood up and said, I want you to act justly, I want you to love mercy, and I want you to walk humbly was, one of the issues was the government was living in luxury off of the hard work of the people. And I thought, Micah must have been watching CNN. Injustice to the poor. The mistreatment of women and children. Government officials living off the luxury, in luxury off of the, the work of the common man. And in the middle of this dynamic, Micah stands up and he says, God requires only three things of you. He wants you to act justly, he wants you to love mercy, and he wants you to walk humbly with our God. I like that. You're probably wondering what Micah's name means, aren't you? Yeah, his name means who is like our God. I like that. Now, when I, when I begin to answer that question, who is like our God, my first answer is number one, there's no one like our God. He's the only true God, and there's no one like God. So Micah's name means who's like our God, and really there's two answers. One is there's no one like God, but I want you to flip the coin for a few moments because I really believe what Micah was saying to us is this. Church, you are like our God. God wants you to be like God. And I want to remind you in Genesis chapter 1 that when God made man, he, we were made in his image. Everyone say image. That's an interesting word, image. It actually means you were made as a shadow of God. Now, I don't know if you can see this on the stage, but there's somewhere around me, there is a shadow of me. And it's to my left, to your right, it's right behind me, that is my shadow. Watch this. You were created in the image of God so that when people see you, they see God. You're his, you're his shadow. And Micah the prophet was declaring to the children of Israel, in the midst of all this stuff that's going on, we're mistreating kids, we're mistreating women, government is living in luxury off of the work of the poor we're mistreating the needy and, the, and those that are suffering. But in the midst of that, God requires you to be the image of God in this situation. And who is like our God? Well, no one is like our God. But also, you are like our God. You are. I love that phrase, you are. That's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5. He says, Pine Castle, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. First Peter says, you are a chosen generation. So who is like our God? You are. And in the midst of this injustice, 
In the midst of mistreatment of women and children and, 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 and shady business dealings and a culture that we're living in, God declares today for all of you that you are. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. You're a chosen generation. And in the midst of all this, Micah prophesies and speaks to you and I, stand up, church, because there's no one like God, but you are like God. And it's time for you to make a difference. And I'm going to give it to you in three simple phrases. Act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. I like that. I like the phrase there where it says, this is what the Lord requires of you. This is not a multiple choice. This is not something we can pick and choose and say, oh, no, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't feel right to me. I don't, I don't feel like loving mercy today. No, Micah says, he has shown thee, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? It's not a multiple choice. It's not something you can voluntarily opt in and opt out. This is a requirement. And it's three easy ways that you can be a reflection of God in this earth. Act justly. Love mercy. And walk humbly with our God. In just a few minutes, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna close out our time together. But I'm believing for it. I prepared for it. I've been praying for it. That, that, that in the next few moments, the Holy Spirit is going to spark something in you. That you are going to make a commitment. You are going to make a, a declaration to the best of your ability. You're going to do one of these three. I'm calling it the, 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 the 47 challenge day. A day of a challenge, a 47-day of challenge. Well, why did I come up with 47? Well, today is November what? What's today's date? 14th. And from now until the end of the year is 47 days. And I'm going to believe that in the next few moments, that as we look into what Micah declares over the children of Israel and the word of God for us as a church, that God's going to spark something in you, that something is going to, to uh, come inside of you that says, yeah, I want, to, I want to act justly. I want to love mercy. I want to walk humbly. And, 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 and when we're done here today, you're going to make a, a, a visual, tangible commitment that in the next 47 days from now until the end of the year, you're going to do the best of your ability to either act justly, love mercy, or to walk humbly. It's God's requirement for us. I love this, this verse of Scripture. When I was a young boy living and growing up at the Rock House, which was Calvary Assembly, we had 1,500 kids in our youth group, 10,000 people in our church. It's a church that I met Tammy in. It's a church that Bruce and Lisa and I grew up together. And there was a song that we sang this verse of Scripture. It goes something like this. He has shown thee, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of thee? But to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with our God. So sing hallelujah, sing hallelujah, sing hallelujah, there's joy in the Lord. Sing hallelujah, sing hallelujah, sing hallelujah, there's joy in the Lord. See, when you 
do what God requires you to do. There's joy. When you act justly, when you love mercy, when you walk humbly, there is joy in the Lord. As a little kid, I remember singing that song. And every time I, I read this verse of Scripture, I'm reminded of that little hymn that Micah declared. Act justly, love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. Well, you'll see three posters behind me today. And I just want to talk for just for a few minutes about what each one of these phrases mean. If you're still with me this morning, let me hear an amen. What does it mean to, what does it mean to act justly? That word there, justly, means concern for the peace and genuine respect for other people. To, 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 to act justly is... Living a life of action and not just words. Are y'all with me? See, if we're going to fulfill the requirements of the Lord, we got to be we got to be filled with more than just good intentions. I want you to notice that 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 that, that the first phrase is act, act, which is action. It requires movement. It requires more than just words. It requires action, and, and, and I'm glad John gave me this today. John, our youth pastor, gave this to me, and most of you give me good, good quotes and good stories after my sermon, and I can't use them. What I love what John did is he, he gave it to me before my sermon so I can use it. So here's a great thought. If you've got something really, really good, see me before church. I need all the help I can get. But this is what he said. I love it. The world needs more compassion. Watch this. Sympathy says, I'm sorry for your pain. Empathy says, I feel your pain. Compassion says, I will do whatever I can to alleviate your pain. And little Micah the prophet said, church, I'm only going to require three things of you. God only requires three things. And the first thing is to act justly, to put your faith into action. And I want to challenge you here just for a few moments. We gotta, we gotta be a people, watch this, who are not just against things, we've gotta be a people who are for things. See, I don't wanna be known for the things that I'm against, I wanna be known for the things I'm for. And the church, and what I believe God is raising up in this church and across churches across this nation is for Christians, for believers to have action and to step up and to speak up and to, and to declare justice and not just do it in words but to do it in action. I'm not impressed with what you're against. I'm impressed with what you are for. Some of you are passionate about the injustice of abortion. Some of you are passionate about the injustice of of those that are hungry and those that are suffering. and You have a a passion for people overseas. Whatever it is, Micah says, make sure that your life is filled not just with words, but with action. Act justly. And when you do that, you are a reflection and a shadow of, of an awesome God. Every time you speak up for the poor, every time you stand up for those that are needy, every time you step up for the underdog, you are allowing your faith to be demonstrated so that God gets the glory. And I want to remind you, 
that when you do good works, when you act justly, you do the good works and God always gets the glory. Act justly. Number two, Micah says if you're going to fulfill the requirements of the Lord, you've got to act justly. You've got to do more than just talk about it. There's got to be action. But number two, and I love this, he says, I want you to love mercy. Now hang with me just for a few moments. See, I think we love mercy when we are forgiven and it benefits us. And many times we don't love mercy for other people because they don't deserve it. God, I love mercy when you forgive me. I love mercy when, when, when you cleanse me of my shortcomings. But sometimes in the lives of other people, we don't quite love mercy as much as we do when it benefits us. And Micah was saying, you're going to be like God, number one, when you act justly. But number two, you're going to be more like God. You're going to be that shadow. You're going to be that image of God when you love mercy, even for other people who don't deserve it. Love mercy. Love mercy when it applies to your life. Love mercy when it applies to people who don't deserve it. How many are still with me? How many are glad today for God's mercy? The Bible says his mercies are what? New every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And Micah was declaring to all of us today that we need to be a people that love mercy for us and we love mercy for other people who don't deserve it. Let me just run this thought by you and, and, and hopefully this will, this will resonate and make sense with you. If you look at your Bible, everyone pull your Bible out just for a moment. Or your phone. Or your iPad, whatever you have. This book is a book of mercy. If you were to ask me, what is the one word that would describe this book? I would say to you, this book is a book of mercy. Watch this. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the first sentence in the book of the Bible is the phrase, in the beginning, what? God created. Now hang with me. If you look through the book, starting in Genesis chapter 1 where God created, God created the heavens and the earth, God created you and me, God created a book, a Bible that would communicate his heart, and in Genesis 1, God created. And if you look through God's word, if you look in the Bible, it is a message of mercy. Now, Michelle helped me with this, and I'm grateful that she did. Uh, just for your information, there are 66 books in the Bible. There are 1,189 chapters. There is 186,400 sentences. And there are 783,137 words. If you were to read through the Bible, it would take you 
40 hours, I'm sorry, 70 hours and 40 minutes. 783,137 words are in God's word. And in Genesis 1, God started and he created and it ends in Revelation chapter 22, verse 21. Now stay with me. Back on that stage is Genesis 1-1. Here I am now in front of Betty, Revelations chapter 22, verse 21. The whole book, the whole message of God's word is mercy. And the last sentence in God's word is, may the grace of God be with all men. Amen. Hmm. Did you all get that? The whole theme, the whole book, the whole Bible from Genesis 1 to Revelation chapter 22 is nothing more than a message of mercy. Now, last week, about this time, Tammy and I were on the Isle of Patmos where John got the revelation and wrote the book Revelation. Now, you're wondering why I don't preach much out of Revelation. I don't preach much out of Revelation because I don't understand it. And neither do you. <laughs> so I'm only going to try to preach those things that I understand. And there's only one sentence that I understand in Revelation. We were on the island of Patmos. Church, I walked in the cave where John wrote this book. He spent 18 months in a cave. And he dictated to an assistant who wrote the book of Revelation. And there's not a sentence I understand in the book of Revelation except the last sentence. May the grace, may the mercy of God be with all God's people. Amen. So every time you open God's word, Every time you read through his beautiful word, it is a message of mercy. And God, from the beginning of time till the end of Revelation, all he wants you to know and all he wants you to do is be a person who loves mercy. How many of you are here today and you've received at least one time where God was merciful to you? Guess what? Accept that mercy, accept that grace, and release it to people who don't deserve it. Now, why do I say that? Because we're getting ready to come into a season where we're spending a lot of time with family. You've got in-laws coming. You've got outlaws coming. You've got to sit around a Thanksgiving dinner table. You've got to, you've got to invite them into your house for Christmas. What a beautiful time in these next 40 days to prepare our hearts and say, God, I want to be like you. 
I don't want to just talk about what needs to be done. I'm going to live a life of action, and I'm going to speak for those who can't speak for themselves. God, I'm just not going to receive mercy for me. I'm going to give mercy to people that don't deserve it. And in the next 47 days, God's going to prepare our hearts to be people that are in his image, in his shadow. We're going to act justly, and we're going to love mercy. You know what God wants you to do this Christmas season? He wants you to release mercy into people's lives. You know what he wants you to do this Thanksgiving when you're sitting there having a turkey? Hopefully we may not be having turkeys this Thanksgiving because of we may be eating chicken. But as we're eating chicken, what are we doing? We're releasing mercy. Why? Because that's the whole message of the gospel. In the beginning, God created May the grace of God be with all God's people. Amen. Number three, God wants us to act justly. He wants us to love mercy. And then the last one, I love this one. He wants us to walk humbly. Walk humbly. And watch this. You can't walk humbly. You got to follow God to walk humbly. It says walk humbly with our God. Now, before I talk just in the next few minutes about, about uh, the pitfalls of pride, I want to brag just for one minute, and then I'm going to deal with pride. <laughs> we moved Austin into my home study this, this past week, and we, I was helping him get all his clothes in, and, and we had a Christmas tree that was in my closet, and it was sticking out just a little bit. And so I told Tammy, I said, Tammy, the Christmas tree's in the way. We've got to do something with it. And at first she says, take the Christmas tree and just put it in the, in the garage. And then as she was leaving, she says, or just put it up. So I want to brag just for the next couple minutes. Before, <laughs> before we deal with humility, I want to just spend just 30 more seconds bragging to you that my two Christmas trees are up for this Christmas season. I've set a Guinness Book of World Records for, for a pastor who's got the Christmas trees up the soonest. And you'll see that in this edition of the Guinness Book of Records. There's my two trees, and I am so proud. I'm not going to get on the roof this year to do any more decorations, but I have done my duty, and my trees are up. Now, let's talk about humility. You know, I'm going to go home, and, and, and they're probably going to be, the lights are going to be out. God's going to humble me. <laughs> Act justly. Love mercy. Walk humbly. I want to give you real quick, and you notice in your notes, I didn't give these to you. I want you to, I want you to engage. I want you to write. I want you to participate. So I'm going to give you uh, ten pitfalls to pride. Ten attributes of, of, of what happens in your life and my life when we give in to pride. And we've all got pride. By the way, that word there, pride, is a, the Greek word braggadocious. It's a Greek word. That's where we get the word brag. Braggadocious. God says, I hate the proud. When pride creeps in, whether it's Christmas trees or where we live or what we drive or what we've accomplished, 
And Micah would prophesy and speak to us as a hero today. And he would say, church, there's only three requirements. Act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. You see, you can't live a life of humility walking alone. you got to walk with God. When you walk with God, his attributes are deposited in you and you become more like him. So we need to walk humbly. And the only way to walk humbly is to walk humbly with our God. Ten pitfalls to pride. Number one, here they are. Number one, when you live a life of pride, you have an unrealistic view of yourself. You have an unrealistic view of yourself. You're not as good as you think you are. You're replaceable. Have a healthy view of yourself. Number two, when you live a life of pride, it creates a critical spirit in you. Critical spirit. How do you respond when you watch the news? When you're full of pride, you become cynical. You become critical. And, and, and I get it. I, I watch the news just like you, and, and, and I'm easily perturbed and upset and mad. But we need to walk humbly with our God and not allow a critical spirit to be developed in us. Number three, when you live a, a life of pride, you take life into your own hands. You take life into your own hands. How's that working out for you today? Pride elevates our own confidence in ourselves and we, we take our life into our own hands. It's dangerous. Number four, when you live a life of pride, you become detached from others. You become isolated, and that's unhealthy. Number five, powerful pitfall, you become blinded from the truth of God's word. God's word no longer resonates. God's word no longer uh, pricks. God's word no longer spurs. God's word no longer uh, finds its, its way into your heart to develop change. Why? Because you're, you're blinded from the truth of God's word. You're living in pride. And Micah says, we need to walk humbly. Number six, you become insensitive to the needs of others. You become insensitive to the needs of others. How do you respond when you are at the stoplight at Michigan and I-4? Yeah. You know what? When we were in Greece for a few days of rest, I saw one beggar in Greece. I saw 10 on the corner of uh, Highway 50 just a few days ago. 10. How do you respond? I know some of you are scared, some of you are cynical. Some of you are apprehensive. I, I get it. But when we live a life of, of pride, we become insensitive to the needs of other people. You want to walk humbly with God? Ask God to root out any pride in our lives. If you're still with me, let me hear an amen. amen. Number seven, when you live a life of pride, it creates a culture of strife and division. Hmm. If I were to look at your business... If I were to look at your family, if 
I were to look at your neighborhood, you can tell when pride is elevated because there's continual strife and division. You want peace in your family? You want peace in your marriage? You want peace in your business? You want peace in your city? You want peace in the nation? Walk in humility. And that will allow and that will root out that spirit of pride that creates a culture of strife and division. I know some people, they're, 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 they could be on Jerry Springer every night for a TV program. You know them too. You want to know what the root of that issue is? Pride. Why? Because pride creates division and strife. Number eight, when you live a life of pride, you need to be reminded it's contrary to the character and the work of Christ. People who live in pride, their life is contrary to the work of Christ. Number nine, it promotes worldly behavior. And then number ten, the most powerful. When you allow pride to come into your life, it causes God to oppose you. Watch this. The Bible says God gives grace to the humble, but he opposes. Everyone say oppose. He opposes the proud. How many of you would like to wake up and say, God's against me today? It's not a good way to start the day. But it's really true. That word they're opposed is a, a military phrase. It's a phrase of conflict. Watch this. God opposes the proud. That's why Micah stood up and said, church, act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. You got 47 days. You got from today until December 31st. In the next few moments, Ashley, if you'll come up. And, in the next few moments, I'm going to ask you to do something really crazy. I'm going to ask you to do something crazy. I'm going to ask you to do something out of the box. I'm going to ask you, instead of running out the back door real quickly to get to the restaurant, I'm going to ask you to pause for just a few seconds and say, Holy Spirit, which one of these do I need to work on in the next 47 days? Now, some of you, you need to work on all three of them, just like me. I'm going to ask you to do something really crazy. In just a few moments, we're going to pray. And I'm going to ask you to ask the Holy Spirit, which one of these do you want me to concentrate on for the next 30, 47 days? And we've got pens. Isn't that amazing? And I'm going to ask you to do something really crazy. I'm going to ask you to come to the front, and I'm going to ask you to sign every, every single one of these that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about. If you need to work on being a person of action, and sign this one. If you need to be a person that loves mercy, not only for you, but for other people, then sign this one. Or if you need to ask God to root out pride, arrogance, self-confidence, and come up to the poster and, 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 and sign this one. It's only three. Requirement's not much. Act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. You have a, you have a card with you. Everybody get your card out for the next few moments. Everybody get this card out. 
Ushers, can you come down with some of these? John, if you'll come down with some of these, if we can, please. There's some people that are looking at me like I'm uh, like, a, like a deer in headlights, and we have cards for every single person here today. Everybody get your black card out. This is what I want you to do. To remind you, for the next 47 days, I want you to put this in your wallet. I want you to take out your gold American Express, and I want you to replace it with this card. Put it in your purse. Put it in your bathroom. Put it in your car. There's some on my left. Thank you. If you need a card, raise your hand. We see you. Yeah. Good. Everybody get a card. As a reminder of what God requires of us today as a people. Now, in just a moment, I'm going to pray, and we're going to, we're going to move these posters down to the front, and we're going to end our service by you coming forward and signing one of these posters as a symbol that, God, I want to be like you, and I need your help, I need your grace to live a life that meets the requirements, to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. Would you bow your hearts with me and let's pray together? Father, thank you for sending a a hero to the children of Israel at just the right time. A hero who prophesied and spoke with power that made the gospel so simple for us to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly. Lord, I pray for your people today. I pray for us. I pray that in these next 47 days, I pray, God, that we will, to the best of our ability, try to live a life that honors you. We will live a life that, 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 that is filled with action and not words. We'll live a life that is filled with grace and compassion for other people. And we'll live a life that is filled with humility instead of pride. I pray for your grace. We're grateful for the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit to help us to live the life that honors you for your glory. Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name. And all God's wonderful people said, amen. Now listen, the posters are here. The pens are ready. All you need to do now is simply say, God, for the next 47 days, which one do I need to work on? And I'm grateful for your grace and your mercy that's available to help me to live the kind of life that would please you. God bless you, church. We are dismissed. We'll see you next week at Pine Castle. Come to the front and sign these posters. God bless you.